What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week of XFL Weekly, where Zach and I sit here, chat about all things little and small about the XFL Weekly. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle Krajewski, uh, joined by beautiful, as always, co-host Zach Cole. Zach, what's up this week? I can tell you what's up. It's the Seattle Sea Dragons, my friend. Oh, but boy. We- We'll get into that later. I don't want to spoil the fun. I'm doing well. Uh, it's, it seems like you're you're in a pretty good mood today too. So, what what's a better way to elevate your mood than than to talk about some XFL football? I couldn't have said it better. Uh, nothing better. Not nothing puts me in a great mood than sitting down chatting some XFL, especially with you. Uh, things are going well. Absolutely. Um, now, before we get into things, I just want to mention we are XFL Weekly. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at XFL underscore weekly. Uh, I retweet some stuff on X on Twitter, get some news and notes out there. Uh, and then Instagram, we post some stats and just game notes and such there. You can find us on YouTube. We are XFL weekly there. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, you can find us on podcast platforms uh, as XFL weekly to search some XFL weekly and you'll probably probably find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Before we get into last week's recap and the rest of the show, I'm cutting in. This is recorded after we recorded the rest of the show. Just to kind of chime in and say that the Vegas Vipers have traded quarterback Luis Perez to the Renegades in exchange for linebacker Ryan Mueller. I only cut in to say this because this trade took place less than an hour after we recorded this show. And we kind of discussed Vegas and their future with Perez involved. So I'm kind of chiming in to say probably ignore a little bit of that piece or or those pieces, I should say, uh, just with the idea that Perez is now on the Renegades and kind of a big move. So I'm excited to see how the Renegades now making an upgrade at QB and kind of trying to figure that, that side of the ball out now that they're defense has continued to dominate. Luis Perez currently fourth in the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns now on the Renegades. And that's a huge move, huge trade that we did not discuss while we recorded this. I want to chime in before the rest of the show, basically saying that this has taken place. This trade is now live and active. I'm looking at the transaction report right now. So keep that in mind and probably ignore any time we mention the future of Vegas and or the Renegades now that this kind of has shaken that up. So thank you, Zach. Let's talk week six and how that looked. Let's do it, man. Uh, I guess I'll start us off this week uh, with the first game of the week, which was the Sea Dragon at the Guardians. The Guardians have still just kind of continued to prove to not be a great team in this league. They're 0-6 now. They are kind of figuring it out a little bit. I mean, we're starting to see them score some points. They're up to uh, 19 points in this game. They lost 26 to 19. Uh, something f- kind of funny, Kyle. I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I think the over under on this game was at 45 points. Yes, it pushed, which is awesome. It was a 45 point game, so uh, that kind of that kind of made me laugh. I, I noticed that score immediately when I saw the final score come in. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the Sea Dragons are just kind of playing really really good right now. Um, they're four and zero. Uh, they're heading into Arlington this upcoming week, which should be a defensive uh, slugfest. We've seen that uh, Seattle's kind of got a – I think they're good on both sides of the ball. So I, I could see this being a, a defensive fight between them and the, the Renegades next week. But I think the real culminating game is going to be in week eight where we see them take on the defenders. 
Um, who, who knows? We could be talking about them as the, the undefeated team in week eight still, which is pretty cool. Um, but not to slight the Guardians. The Guardians, um, again, are, are playing better football. Um, Devin Darrington was probably the bright spot for them. He had uh, 82 rushes or 82 yards. On, I want to say maybe only seven or eight rushes, which was a great game for him. And he even found the end zone twice, which was pretty cool. So um seems like they're kind of finding some dudes in this offense. But uh, the real story here is just Seattle and, and their up and comingness. We saw Ben DiNucci make better decisions again. He didn't have the highest completion percentage ever. Um, but, I mean, he was the leading rusher in this game without Morgan Ellison there. Kind of just – I think what, what, you know, what the coach, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, wanted to see done, he's kind of leveling up the game and playing better, smarter football, you know, where he doesn't want to want to get killed every week. So, um, you know, it's, it's just a, a good positive trend that we're seeing from the Sea Dragons. I think that's a big takeaway from this game. Yeah. I, something to note, uh, especially with Danucci kind of throwing the ball away a little bit less, only, only one interception this week was <laughs> the Guardians basically just shut down both Jacor Pearson and Josh Gordon, leaving Danucci to kind of search elsewhere. Uh, Pearson still had four catches. I mean, dude's going to catch anything and everything that comes his way. Uh, but you mentioned Devin Darrington on the Guardian side. Uh, the The Guardian Dome was rocking when that dude <laughs> ripped off, a, I think it was a 44-yard touchdown. That, that, dude, that dude can run. Uh, yeah. So it's good to see him kind of getting his time. Yeah, and that's, I mean, when we see a guy have a huge rushing game on just a few carries like that, that's always kind of what you look for, uh, you know, yeah. a 40-some-yard 40, 40 touchdown. He averaged 11.7 carries uh, or yards per carry on the game, which is pretty cool. It's it's a, it's exciting, electric, you know. That's what you like to see from, from a young, exciting player like that. Absolutely. So then moving on to the next game, uh, that Saturday night or Saturday evening game uh, between the Battlehawks and the Vipers. Battlehawks came away with it with the dominating 29 to 6 victory <laughs> bringing them to to 4 and 2 while the Vipers dropped down a little bit 1 to 5 uh 1 and 5 and the Battlehawks continue to prove that they are a a dominant squad when they're not facing the defenders who are their two losses this season but they're looking really good and the Vipers uh, just couldn't get anything going on offense. Uh, it the only score of the game on their side came in the fourth quarter when uh, they took out their uh, starting quarterback and Luis Perez and Brett Hundley kind of came in through a, a seventeen yard touchdown pass. But story of the game was the Battlehawks. Uh, I mean, AJ McCarron gets it done again. Uh, twenty three for nine or twenty three for twenty nine. Three touchdowns, two of those going to Darius Shepard. This team looks like they can compete, and they have been competing. I think it just kind of shows that their two losses have been to the best team in the XFL so far. And they're exciting. They're a great football team, and I I love watching them, especially when they're playing from home. Yeah, it's it's really exciting to see them play in St. Louis. I think for... I guess I'll focus on the Vipers for a hot second here. I think one of the cool things is that they had nine guys record a catch in this game, which is not something you see very often. You know, we see a lot of teams with their, uh, you know, they're starting four, starting three, starting four receivers, maybe one or two guys down the depth chart after that. Um, but nine guys is pretty cool. Um, but I think the real story is just that they don't have much of an identity at the quarterback position, which we talked about 
can be an issue for a lot of teams um, in the XFL, especially. Um, we'll, we'll talk about one actually coming up right here in this next game um, where it's kind of the same situation. But it's it's so hard to, to run a, uh, a successful offense not knowing who's leading that offense, you know. Yeah. So between Luis Perez and Brett Hundley, who I both think have their days, you know, they're uh, good. Perez sometimes. has had a fantastic few weeks uh, leading up to this week. He looked incredible last week, week before he looked really good. And then this week just kind of the battle hugs figured him out. It's wild. I mean, you know, it's it's really it's tricky, and and you want to base your offense off that guy, but when he just doesn't have the juice, and you bring in a guy like Hundley, who, like you mentioned, completed a pass right off the bat, a nice uh, medium to long yard pass. It's it, it's great, you know, it's a spark, but that's it's got to be really difficult for those Guardians to, I'm sorry, the Vipers to go week in and week out, not knowing, um, not knowing who who to expect to play and show up at the at the quarterback position. So I think that's my main takeaway from this game. St. Louis is definitely on the uptrend. I think uh, they and the Sea Dragons are competing for that number two spot behind um, behind the defenders right now. I think the uh, Roughnecks have kind of fallen to the back of that next pack of three. Um, but I, I it, it's fun. It's exciting to watch. St. Louis is good. Yeah, absolutely. St. Louis is killing it. And I they can, they can they look to kind of continue that powerhouse uh drive that they've got going on right now absolutely absolutely all right looking ahead to our sunday slate the first game that we have was the brahmas at the renegades uh and the brahmas got revenge in this uh rematch game here the the week prior the the um uh renegades came out on top um and this week they they switched the score on them so we saw the uh the brahmas come out and they won this game 15 to 9 um, it's two of the, I don't want to call them lower tier teams, but two teams in the bottom half of the standings right now, they're kind of jockeying for that position. Maybe that last playoff spot. If, if trends continue to go the way they are for the roughnecks, we won't talk about that, but, uh, you know, they're, they're just trying to fight to stay in that playoff picture. So for the Brahmas, this was a huge win. Um, it was interesting to see because they had a lot of injuries in this game. And, um, we even had two quarterbacks that don't usually play for, um, for the Brahmas, we usually see Jack Cohn, but we saw uh, Jawan pass and even Kurt Banker, which was kind of cool to to see him step in. And it's it's cool to see a familiar NFL name just hop in there like that. Um, so, yeah, but outside of that, it was a defensive showdown. Um, and the Renegades actually went ahead and cut Kyle Sloter after the game, which was also very interesting. And that's kind of what I was alluding to with our quarterback troubles there. Uh, it just seems to kind of be a mess. If you don't have that guy, the Danucci, the McCarron, the Teamu, you know, like the, some of these guys just or these teams just don't have that guy they can go to, you know. So um, and not to mention, I, I kind of completely overlooked it all the way to this point in the season. But it just dawned on me that the Renegades head coach is Bob Stoops, who is yep. his identity is offense and this high flying, you know, these teams that put up points. Uh, you know, I think of his time at Oklahoma where he just used to hang points on people. Um, so for him to be struggling at the quarterback position is kind of surprising. Um, and it's got to be hurting him pretty deep down uh, to, to only be able to put up nine points in a game. So, um, And I can only I, imagine that that's the frustration that kind of led to uh, the Sloter cutting. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it. He's used to just throwing up points. And if he can't, it's not kind of at a point where if he doesn't have a quarterback that can kind of help guide that, you're done. Get out of here. Yeah, exactly. Um, the the one I think highlight for them in this game was Lawan Winningham had oh, uh, what man. I think we're crowning the catch of the season so far. So far, so, 
Um, but he he extended and he went and got it and uh, ended up in the end zone. It was it was awesome. What a catch! Um, so I think that's kind of the the cherry on the top of this game. Uh, it wasn't a super exciting game. We expected the under to hit. The under hit um, fifteen to yeah. nine, twenty four total points. Just yuck. Um, yeah. So so you know it's it was kind of exactly what we thought it was going to be. Um, but it was a defensive battle as as marketed. Yep, yeah, I think we discussed it last week where this game i think we were like we're not touching the over until the over under set at like uh, what was it like in the 20s and sure enough i think it was low 30s i want to say it was maybe 32 i think it was set at 30 but we were we were discussing whether where we would hit the over for once and we were just like ah like 28 we might touch it uh <laughs> yeah and even that wouldn't have hit um <laughs> interesting to note uh i've been seeing a lot of rumblings or I guess just accolades coming in for the Brahma's kicker, uh, John Parker Romo. Dude had three field goals coming in here, and dude is like killing it. Uh, I think people are saying he's the next uh, kind of guy to make the NFL jump uh, moving That's... in the future. And it's kind of interesting that it's a kicker, but I mean, where better to showcase your talents in the spring than actually playing football? But and uh, and you know what, Kyle? Just to jump in real quick, this is like it's the perfect scenario for a kicker too, because oh, yeah. you know one of the biggest, uh, like take destroying for example. You know his whole thing is he can hit seventy yard or seventy five yard. It's always amazing. But like until you put eleven defensive players in front of you that are trying to come and block your kick, you know it it doesn't matter how far you can kick it. And what better way to simulate uh, an NFL game, a, a game winning field goal, than actually kicking these in a spring league? And showing like, look, I, I can yeah. do this. You know, it's it's not an issue. I can do this. So shout out to him. I think another thing I like to, yeah, shout out to him. But I think another thing I wanted to point out from this game is that the, the two touchdowns that came from this game, one was a, a defensive touchdown, the, the fumble recovery, and the other one kind of had to be an acrobatic catch. So <laughs> I, it just kind of goes to show how defensive battle-y this game Really I think we was. could call these teams offensively challenged. <laughs> yeah, and and they're both. I mean, I, Brahmas to the Brahmas uh, to kind of give them some slack. They were dealing with a bunch of a bunch of injuries this week. I mean, they were playing two QBs. One of them they signed midweek, so he didn't even know the full playbook. But right, they're it two teams still trying to figure out what their offensive identity is. Right. All right. Final game the of crown, the week. The crown jewel. Uh-oh. Game of the week. Going into it. The the XFL weekly uh, house divided game. Zach. <laughs> the <laughs> defenders came out on top. The Roughnecks went up to DC, showed up, and they gave it, they gave it a good shot. But the defenders came away with the 37 to 26 victory. Defenders are now undefeated, six and zero, and just competing. They, the game going into the game, it was like, oh, this might be what the title game looks like, like an early preview. And the defenders kind of showed why it's theirs. You know what? I, I'm going to hang my hat on the fact that they put up 26, 26 points on DC, um, which is the second highest behind the Battlehawks. I, I, I'm, I'm very happy with the effort from the Roughnecks this week. I think. I think if they want to beat the defenders, they have to be able to stop them from putting points on the board. I mean, 30, what do we say? 37 points is just way too yeah. many points to give up in a, in a week. You, you can't win a game giving up that many. So I, 
back to the drawing board. We'll see you in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the Roughnecks came out in this game, scored the first score with a, a classic Max Borgie touchdown, the <laughs> Christian McCaffrey of the XFL. But then the defenders just went on a, a, a just a 26 point spree. Uh, they scored 26 unentered points after that first uh, eight point touchdown from the Roughnecks. <sighs> and, and that was game. And that one of those included a uh, a beautiful pick six from uh, Santos Ramirez. Man, that that's when it was really like okay, DC's yeah. winning this game. Um, it came to a point where the Roughnecks uh, benched Brandon Silvers for backup QB Cole McDonald. Had a solid outing uh, coming in as the backup, and it was very clear that Silvers was getting real frustrated when he was in there. Uh, but Cole McDonald came in and launched a beautiful 84-yard touchdown to Deontay Burnett, uh, longest longest play in the XFL this season. So that mm. was that was huge. So shout out to them. But DC came away with the win. Uh, DC's receiver, Lucky Jack, Lucky Jackson, uh, had his had himself a night for a beautiful Monday night. Uh, he had only. <laughs> Almost twice, actually over twice as much receiving yards as any DC receiver had uh, any game before this. That that kind of shows how much of a, a run heavy offense this is, but can be like, all right, we'll launch it if we need to. And Lucky kind of proved that with 136 Kyle, that's yards. Was, that's what I was going to say. Is that's the scariest thing? Is like, okay, you took you took the run away from us. Here's a guy that's going to go for 136 yards against you. Like, you know what? We can beat you this way too. It doesn't just yeah. have to be on the ground or defensively. They they just kind of show up and they're just like, you know what? We got this. You you Find a way you're to stopping win. our run? Don't worry about it. Yep. So, shout out to DC. Shout out to that undefeated undefeated run that they're putting together. Uh, it's beautiful. I'm enjoying watching it. Clearly. Uh, especially when you <laughs> defeat Zach, Zach's roughnecks, keep it coming, DC. Man. You're killing it. <laughs> well, we'll be back. I'm not worried. We'll be back. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> All right. So that that's our our week six recap. Kind of a a quick quick put put together of the the games that happened this past weekend. Now, I think it's time to discuss some week seven. Kyle, week seven brings us something beautiful. Let me tell you. Oh Friday night football. Friday night football. Uh, let's kick it off there. Yeah. Friday night football. We've got uh, the only Friday night football we'll have this season. They gave us a little taste of it, and then they're like, nope, that's it. Sorry. Sea uh, Dragons at the Renegades. Uh, we've got the Sea Dragons coming in at four and two, and the Renegades sitting at three and three. Two teams uh, kind of facing two different, like kind of two ends of the spectrum. Uh, but again, Friday night, 7 p.m., uh, Friday night football. How, that's exciting. That's different. What's funny is it, uh, like, I, I went back through the schedule. It seems like the Sea Dragons are always the ones that are playing on like these different the nights. The kickoff of the night. Yep. Yeah. They play on Thursday a couple times. Uh, just kind of something to note, but maybe it's their jam. I, I think it's them being the the West Coast team. I think so. Just has people being like, ah, put them first uh, Thursday night. 
Friday night. You know, and that is kind of interesting to point to, like how, you know, I, I never really kind of looked at the landscape of, of the whole XFL with where everyone is located. But I mean, three Texas teams, a Vegas team, I guess Vegas is the closest we get to, um, to the West coast, but we got St. Louis in the Midwest and then we got DC and Orlando on the East coast. So it's kind of maybe where, where do you think we'll expand next? Maybe the West uh, an LA team or something like that. Either in LA or like a, a Northeast coming up a little bit farther Northeast. I mean, mm-hmm. DC is right there, but come New, York New York. Or, yeah. Yeah. All right. Not to get too far off track, but uh, the, uh, oh. the next go ahead. Yep. You got it. I was going to say, yeah, two teams on the different end of the spectrum. Sea Dragons kind of have their identity right now, and the Renegades are trying to figure whatever the heck out that they're doing. Um, that's all. That's the only thing I had to note there. Yeah. All right, so the next game we got is the Brahmas, and they are visiting the Vegas Vipers on Saturday at 3 p.m. Um, again, two teams that are kind of trying to get out of the bottom tier of the, uh, of the XFL. They're definitely both in the lower half of the standings right now the uh vipers are one and five and the brahmas are two and four um so you know the brahmas managed to find a win last week a real gritty win without without some of their guys and the vipers are uh, trying to figure it out so we'll you know they, they have to go to vegas that's that's a positive so um maybe the vipers can you know stay at home and, and get some stuff figured out this week so anything to add to that one yeah two teams just Desperately seeking a win. And yep. I mean, one of them is going to come away with one. So yep. ro- rooting for you guys. Let's get a win. Whoever it is. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right. And then next game, Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, this might be the most lopsided game <laughs> of the season. We've got the the 6-0 and DC Defenders going on down to the Guardian Dome. Facing the Orlando Guardians, who are 0 and 6. So we've got 6 and 0, undefeated, facing the the winless 0 and 6 Guardians. Ah, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain that. I mean, you've got I, the Guardian Dome. Hopefully, kind of gives the Guardians a little bit of a little bit of help there. Um, but man, the defenders are going to be a really tough battle. Uh, the Guardians really hope I I hope for them uh, that they can lower their penalties. Uh, they continue to have double digit penalties in their matchups, and I don't see that stopping against DC unless they. I mean, personally, I hope they figure that out. But DC is gonna just keep them in keep them in check, and uh, this is gonna be a tough battle for them. Let me. What do you before? I don't know if you've looked at the sports books yet. Do you, have you? Not yet. Nope. What what's your prediction on the spread? Oh, I'm gonna go minus eight in DC's favor. I'll go minus thirteen and a half. All right, thirteen um, and a half. That's my I, guess. instead Let's of keeping just... anybody waiting. I'm checking. <laughs> All right, you well, guess, let me what'd you guess? What'd you guess? Thirteen, 13. and a half. All right, I guessed eight. DC's in favor of at with the spread of nine and a half. Oh man! All right, right in between us. I, I, you know, I, I thought that you take the best team in the league against the worst team in the league. I thought it was going to be a little bit wider, but I, hey, I, I think guess... I think the sports books see the Guardians putting up points this past two weeks. I and props to them. I think they're figuring something out. They just keep shooting themselves in the foot with these penalties. And well, and that, whole, the Guardian Dome's an X factor too. You know, I 
It absolutely is. That, they know how to score at home. Uh, we've seen it again the past few weeks, but it's a huge X factor. So I think the Guardian Dome is what kind of drove it under <laughs> the double-digit spread. <laughs> absolutely. All right, the last game of the week, Kyle, we have the Battle Hawks who are heading down to Houston to take on the Roughnecks. Uh, a Saturday afternoon, I'm sorry, a Sunday afternoon game. Uh, we don't have to stay up until late night on Sunday night this week. So thank you for that, XFL. But uh, this will be a good one. This is, I would say, probably the best match that we have. I was going to say, this might be game of the week. This is, I think, the game of the week. Um, the Obviously, we have the, the Battle Hawks, who are, like you mentioned before, Kyle, great against every team except the defenders. Uh, the Roughnecks, who have stumbled a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, but both teams are four and two. And, you know, it could really just add to this murky, like, seed two, three, four conundrum that we have right now and kind of tell us who's who's the cream of the crop and who's who's kind of falling behind a little bit. So I think if the Roughnecks lose, they separate themselves from the uh, from the Sea Dragons and the Battle Hawks um, into kind of like a third tier. But I think if we see the uh, the the Roughnecks win this game, I think that that still keeps it a three man race between the Battle Hawks the Roughnecks and the Sea Dragons for that second overall, that second best team uh, moniker that we're looking for. So um, I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be a really good game. And we've seen both of these teams are hot recently. Well, points wise, (laughs) they're hot recently, not wins wise, but um, they both are are able to score and and put up some points and compete. So I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah. I think this is a game that will allow both teams to kind of put their stamp on who, who the second best team in the league is yeah. where uh, both of them kind of struggle against the defenders. So that kind of puts who number one is, and this will kind of be who comes out on top is probably the second best team. Unless the sea dragons come out and uh, ball out just twice as much as these two guys. But I think between these two teams, winner will, will show who kind of the, the better, better squad is. Yeah, and I think I think the Sea Dragons are going to kind of be in a dogfight with the Renegades. I think that game is yeah. going to be ugly, potentially low scoring. So you know, I I think that even whatever we see happen in the Battle Hawks and and Roughnecks game, I, I think it's still going to be a pretty tight race. So we'll see. Long story short, we'll see. Yeah, long story short, we will see, and that's the beauty of it because oh, these teams, all of these teams, all these matchups look incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I. So we've got XFL on the schedule this weekend with, I mean, great weekend. what think about this weekend. We've got the, the final four mm-hmm. in both women's and men's college basketball. Yep. We've got MLB opening weekend, opening yep. day slash weekend. So we've got baseball, baseball and basketball on the docket. And we've got football, but it's XFL football. Beautiful. And listen, not to get too far ahead of myself, but going rolling right into the week, we got the Masters coming up this upcoming week, Thursday I, from Sunday. Yeah. Like it's it's good, man. It's good. It's a good week of sports. It's a fantastic week of sports, and uh, not I don't think anything will top. I, I'm just thinking. Picture this: it's a beautiful Saturday. You've you've coming away. It's Friday night football. You've got some. Uh, Final four basketball on, and mm. you're gonna, you're gonna basically all it comes down to is you're gonna need multiple screens to watch. Sports <laughs> this week. Gonna and, have the computer, the iPad, the TV, everything going. Yeah, and you're gonna need it because it's all gonna be must watch sports. Because uh, <laughs> we've got some damn good football this weekend and yeah, basketball true. and baseball. 
Beautiful. Fired up. Fired up. Very fired up. So with that, let's get into some picks, Zach. Uh, I don't want to brag again because I feel like I constantly have to. <laughs> I had the better week, but that shouldn't be said without saying we both had great weeks. I went I went six and two in my picks. You went five and three. I'm happy. Not bad. I just I'm happy. I just happened to have DC spread and your your heart got in the way. That was it. But I'm edging you out a little bit here. I'm sitting at 28 and 20 overall this season. You're sitting at 25, 22, and one because you just decided to refrain that first week for some reason. <laughs> Slowly but surely, I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, you know what? That that one is going to be my tiebreaker. I'm I'm banking on it. I hope not, but if it is, <laughs> it's I, so I, that'll be exciting. <laughs> All right, so uh, the first dra- first game, we have the Sea Dragons at the Renegades. Um, the spread is right now at four and a half points, and it is in the favor of the Seattle Sea Dragons. The over-under is at 37 and a half points right now. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and give you my pick on this to start. I'm going to take the Sea Dragons minus four and a half in this game. And I am going to go ahead and I'm going to take the... I'm struggling. Uh, I will take the over in this game. Give me over 37 and a half. I know we were talking about how it's going to be a defensive battle, and I do think that, but I think that this game can still be 22 to 16 and be a disgusting defensive battle, and the over can hit. So that's kind of where my head is. Um, I, I think it's going to be, I think that line is pretty, pretty, pretty solid. Um, but I still see the Sea Dragons winning this game by uh, about a score or so. So that's where I'm going. Okay, okay. I I'm going to join you. Give me Seattle minus four and a half. Okay. But I'm going to take the under. I okay. think the Renegades defense is that good to kind of kind of slow down Seattle by that much. And I think Arlington. I mean, the Renegades offense is not good enough to score a bunch of points. I think it's going to be a a closer-ish battle. So give me, I, again, Seattle minus four and a half. Give me the under. I think Seattle wins this with a solid, solid lead, but keeps it very low score. Definitely respect that. And I think that the Arlington, run, the Arlington defense can't be underestimated. I think that's solid. Absolutely. All right. Next game here, our Sunday game, or Sunday, mm. Saturday game, first Saturday game. <laughs> Brahmas take on the Vipers. The Vipers are favored minus three. Uh, over under set at 38 and a half. What you got, Zach? Oh, man. It, it's surprising to me that the, uh, the Vipers yeah. are favored in this game. That's really surprising. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the three points here. I'm going to go Brahmas plus three. I think the Brahmas will win this game outright. I guess maybe they see all the injuries playing in yeah. into effect here. Um, and I'm going to take the under, under 38 and a half on this. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think the Brahmas are going to end up winning this game. Um, we talked about the Vipers' identity issues a little bit earlier. I think those are probably going to continue into this week a little bit. So I feel pretty comfortable with the under. I am going to join you on both of those picks. Give me Brahmas plus three, I think. Right. Give me the points. I think the Brahmas showed... They can win. I don't think the Vipers are good enough to uh, win outright or win by three. 
if nothing else, we've seen that the Brahmas can compete. You know, Absolutely. they can always compete too. Absolutely. And I yeah, give me give me the San Antonio points. That defense is I mean, they're gonna keep it close. Brahmas have one of the best defenses. Uh they're gonna keep it close. And because of that, it's gonna be under, right? This is two offenses that have been struggling. Uh, at least they did last week. And Vipers probably are trying to figure out their QB thing. Um, hopefully Perez figures it out and balls out again. I I'm rooting for him too, but <laughs> I, I picture this defense kind of keep keeping that in check, keeping it under and Brahma's plus three. It's a great pick. Uh, I I'm with you hundred percent. Um, next game that we got Saturday night game is the defenders heading down to the guardian dome to take on the Orlando guardians. We talked about it before the guardian. I'm sorry. The defenders are nine and a half point favorites and the over under is set at 44 points, which I can only imagine is probably a pretty heavily <laughs> defender based over under. <laughs> um, <laughs> so with that being said, I am going to go ahead and take, I'll take the defenders minus nine and a half. I kind of expected the line to be a little bit wider, wider than it is right now. Um, so for it to be a little lower, I guess I, that only implies that I have to take it. Um, and uh, as for the over-under, I'm going to take the over in this game. I think I know 44 is high, um, but the defenders have shown us time and time again that they know how to put up points. And uh, the Guardians are actually usually why I take the under, but we've seen some consistent improvement from the Guardians um, in, in terms of offense. So I'm going to go ahead and say the over. Beautiful picks. Mm. I think I'm going to join you in both of those <laughs> actually to, to be different just because i'm on the fence about it i'm gonna take orlando plus nine and a half. Oh wow i think orlando they're figuring something out they they've been putting up points we saw last week they kept it close they kept it within a seven point game within seattle and uh, the week before, uh, they were three points behind Vegas. And those are two completely different teams than D.C. But what that shows me is that they can keep it close and that they've been scoring, I think, is mm -hmm. the big one. And I think, oh, man, actually, I'm no, I'm taking it back. <laughs> Kyle, I have a score that's speaking to me in my brain right now. For whatever reason, I am feeling... 30 to 17. 30 to 17. That's speaking to me. And the defenders are going to win. And they will cover on the spread. And it will hit the over. That's that's sticking. Sticking in my mind. I'm I'm writing that down. Okay. Just in case. 30 right. to 17. But I'm I'm switching it. I'm copying both your picks. DC minus nine and a half. I think I I'm looking. I for some reason I was look, thinking mostly about how DC or Orlando plays their games, keeping it close. But DC, I, they just dominated this past week. What what's to say they're gonna not gonna do the same thing against a, a worse team? Yeah. So yeah, I blanked on that. Give me DC minus nine and a half, and give me the over. I think but, uh, thirty to seventeen. Let's see it. Give me the over. Yeah. Um, I think points are gonna be scored on both sides, but especially DC. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. That wraps us up with the final game. Here we go. Sunday, game of the week. <sighs> Battlehawks and the Roughnecks in Houston. 
Roughnecks are favored minus three, and the over under set at forty three and a half. What are you thinking? Uh, uh, I'm thinking I, I I'm thinking I don't know. Uh, All right, I'll take I'll I'll say my picks first. Give, give me some, yeah, give me some clarity. Yeah, please. All right, I'm giving I'm taking Battlehawks plus three. Mm. I think. I think Seattle, or not Seattle. I always, I see the STL every freaking time, and I think Seattle. <laughs> Saint, I think St. Louis is a great football team, and I think the Roughnecks are on a very strong downward spiral, and I think the Battlehawks are not. And I think the Battlehawks, quite honestly, can win this outright. And because of that, I'm taking the points. Give me St. Louis plus three. Over under. Kind of thinking the over. I think these are two offenses that can score, whether it's in garbage time like Houston or just in general. I mean, Houston can score. And St. Louis, uh, A.J. McCarron is going to put up three touchdowns, whether he's winning or losing. And uh, that alone, give me the over. These are two teams that can score, defenses that play just fine. But these are two offensive teams, and I think it's going to be an over. Well, uh, we are officially the the least exciting podcast this week, Kyle. Because no. I detail both picks. Uh, I do. I, I think I all the points you made about the Roughnecks are extremely valid. I think they are kind of spiraling right now. Um, the one thing that's kind of singing in the back of my mind is that they are at home, which does kind of give me a little bit of pause. But I think that you hit the nail on the head. The Battlehawks are a really good team, led by a really good quarterback, and I think that. Um, I think they're going to be able to do a nice job against the Houston defense. So I'm going to take the plus three for the Battle Hawks there. And I'm also going to go over in this game. I think it's going to be a, a high scoring affair. So I'm with you. I'm tailing. All right. That leaves the only pick that we have different. It's the Sea Dragons <laughs> Renegades over under. I'm taking the under. You're taking the over. Let's see it. It's a great, awesome. it's a great week for picks. That's it. Who knows? You know what that means to you, the viewer. That means that we're we're double backing all of these picks. So tail us. This is incredible. It's going to be a good week of football. And who knows? I, maybe we. I'm go here in a parlay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. I am here in a parlay. It's it's screaming at me. It is definitely keep it down. <laughs> all right. So that's week seven. Our preview and our picks. Beautifully well done, Zach. And oh my gosh, I forget this every time. I always should have this prepared. But our pick them. Mm. It was a bad week for both. We're just not going to talk about it on our end. So go ahead, just promote it. (laughs) If you want to see how we did last week, you join our pick them league and you can see it. How about that? There you go. That's a good incentive. But if you'd like to join, XFL does their own pick them. You can do it in the app or you can do it online. Uh, the link and the code to join our personal XFL weekly group, our league, will be in the description wherever you're listening or watching this. And it's a blast. It's, re- it's really cool to kind of see what they put together as like picks for over-unders. Uh, I'll throw in uh, an example for this week. Seattle receivers Jaquar Pearson and Josh Gordon are averaging a combined 124 receiving yards per game. Arlington 
boasts the number one pass defense, allowing 160 yards, 164 yards per game. Will Pearson and Gordon combine for over under 115 and a half receiving yards against Arlington? Now, I think this past week, to be fair, I'm giving you guys a little bit of a little bit of help this week. This past week against the Guardians, the two of them combined for 18 yards. Mm. Just saying, they can be shut down against. Mm. All right, I can't make my picks on air. I can't help that. <laughs> but either way, you make these picks, you put over under, and then you can wager up to three. I think it's 300 footballs every mm. every week. Uh, 10 picks, or you can only make one pick and put all put all your chips into one pick. And then you can parlay them, and basically you're you're ranked. You win, and at the end of the week, you're ranked based on how many footballs you won. We have our own, own XFL Pick'em League. We're up to 38 people. Almost 38 people. 40 mark. Yep. Yeah, Zach is still in the overall lead, so I am begging everybody to come in and try to <laughs> beat him out. He had too good of a week few weeks ago and we we need to top him um i unfortunately overtook uncle squirrely uh uncle squirrely i'm rooting for you to come back we we need to take down zach together (laughs) uh either way join in it's cool it's fun something to just put together it's free uh zero dollars have been spent in putting this together yeah uh it's it's just cool to see how well your xfl knowledge is compared to and the fun that. thing is too kyle it gives you some legs in every game which is which is unique you know absolutely it gives you a reason to check every single box score at the end of the week definitely definitely all right but that being said covered all our bases we're gonna wrap it up here this was xfl weekly uh previewing week seven recapping week six you can find us Instagram and Twitter, XFL underscore weekly on YouTube at XFL weekly and podcast, wherever you find us XFL weekly, uh, make sure to follow, like subscribe, all that really cool, fun stuff. Uh, let us know what you think of the show and Zach it's a pleasure chatting with you. Always a pleasure, man. Sounds great. Thank you for tuning in and, uh, go DC. Go Roughnecks. <laughs>